You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Modern Web Podcast. My name is Tracy. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet, and I am joined by Justin Ribeiro. Welcome, Justin. Hello, Tracy. Good to see you. Hello. And we both have our podcast voices on. Of course, you have to have a podcast voice. Otherwise, you're doing podcasting wrong. But what's interesting is my voice gets higher and your voice gets lower. It's true. That? <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it is true. Everyone has their their high low peaks, right? You know, you gotta go high when you're feeling the, you know, you're feeling the happy vibe, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I have to talk about web performance, about bad things, but there are so good I'm, things. I'm overly <laughs> excited, and Justin is overly unexcited. No, we're teasing. We're teasing. This is one of our favorite topics to talk about, and I'm super stoked. Um, Justin and I actually recently started recording this. Uh, YouTube series called Speed at Scale. Such a fun series to do, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, especially because um, I don't know if you know Ken Wheeler, but he's one of my fun friends. And there's this website called Shinesty. So Shine, S-T-Y, Shinesty. And uh, they just have the most ridiculous things ever. <laughs> Like, I can't remember what it says when your shopping cart is empty, but if you check your shopping cart, if it's empty, it'll say something like, you're an idiot, your shopping cart is empty, or like, just something ridiculous like that. I dig a good, I dig a good outside experience. I, I have to, I have to, there's some really creative uses out there today that I think get sort of drummed down because everyone thinks that the only place to buy anything anymore is Amazon, yeah. which is unfortunate because there are really some cool work going on. Uh, oh. with stuff like that where you've got a lot of humor involved in it and it's, it's a fun shopping experience especially now since we all can't go outside <laughs> well I bought my husband this underwear too these boxers and they have a gigantic hot dog in the front so they're high performance <laughs> you know I did it and I was like I mean, I did it because, you know, I think it's funny, but he was like, these are cool. And I was like, oh my God, I was not expecting him to have that reaction. (laughs) So yeah, but they're really funny. They're really funny. So anyways, we digress. Um, I would love to talk about just general performance tools first. Let's talk about like, what is out there? How can somebody really harness the free tools that are out there to start on their performance journey? I think we've gotten a lot better in terms of the web platform as when it comes to the tools we have. Um, You know, in the dark ages of time, really the only thing you had was really specific snippets and scripts and things that you could use to sort of collect some out of information. I mean, everybody had their bookmarklets at the time that were just all the rage. And today we still have some of those things. I mean, I'm a heavy user of DevTool snippets, mm-hmm. uh, as, most, as most folks know. But the, the lay of the land in terms of tools is really, really nice, primarily because we have APIs now. So you look at uh, the Chrome DevTools protocol, which is sort of being standardized across the board 
for other mm. browser use, which has been a long time coming. There's been a lot of effort around that um, for, for many, many years in an attempt to sort of to try to get these things into a good place. And then you have tools like Lighthouse, which, you know, take that API and make it uh, less dense to use, to, 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 to surface immediate results, be it in a simple report, you get right in DevTools, uh, within the audits panel, which is being renamed to the Lighthouse panel in M84, uh, to things like, uh, oh, well, I can just run this on the command line, get a JSON file and spit things out. Or, oh, I can build on top of it because it has standard node modules and things. Um, you know, Lighthouse to me is the quintessential tool that if you're not using it beyond just the report it generates, you're, 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 you're really missing out. Like you should definitely look under the hood and see just how many cool things you can do with it. Um, everything from testing locally, um, mm -hmm. using Jest or Mocha to, to you know, using it in automation, um, be it the big chunky things like Lighthouse CI or even just little tiny things like, you know, little GitHub actions and things that you can use within your own CI. So you look at Lighthouse, you've got that. And then obviously, the uh, you know, quintessentially, DevTools. I mean, DevTools as a whole is a, you know, a performance dream at this point. Um, Chrome. And not just Chrome, you look at Firefox too, and Firefox has really nice dev tools. Um, yeah. Yes, information a little bit different on both sides. You see Microsoft doing cool things on their dev tool side now that they've moved to a Chromium base. Like there's a lot of things happening in the, in the performance tooling. And this, you know, I only scraped the surface. <laughs> we'd be, we'd be here for weeks. Like, you know, I mean, so you're, you're so funny because, I mean, you work on performance all day, every day. And... Mm -hmm you're like telling me all these things. I'm like, dude, I mean, we've been talking about performance for I don't know how long and I haven't even heard you talk about some of these things. And, you know, then yeah, anyway, it's just, you know. It's a huge sphere, isn't it? I, I think that's the thing that people have a tendency to, to sort of misunderstand about performance is that there's no one tool. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, if there's one tool, it's probably dev tools. Like if you want to say, hey, what do I start with? Just look at dev tools. Uh, fire it up, I take mean, a trace. When you say DevTools, do you mean like Firefox DevTools and Edge Pretty DevTools? Pretty much, and yeah, any, any DevTools today, even the later, the, the newer Safari developer previews have better DevTools um, in them. So like even Safari preview now has better tracing mechanisms in it, which Safari had lacked for quite a long time, to be honest. Um, is but, there something that just tells me what the hell I need to do? I mean, I know, like, for example, the Lighthouse reports are obviously super useful because, I mean, you know, you probably get 30 plus action items just mm -hmm. out of the Lighthouse report. But, like, isn't there just something that just tells me what to do? I think deeper, like deeper. I want to go I, deeper. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that you you look at a lot of the tools that we have today. You look at something like Lighthouse, or you look at something like Axe, which will go through accessibility, um, mm -hmm. which Lighthouse uses under the hood. If you're looking at the accessibility in Lighthouse, you're actually looking at stuff that Axe produces mm -hmm. um, in terms of report. Um, if you look at other tools that are out there, your web hints of the world and whatnot, um, your um, uh, your Mozilla observatory stuff, which looks at things like TLS and things of mm -hmm. that nature, they give specific results based on a lot of additional tools that sort of conglomerate to give you these overall perspectives. So like, I'm a big fan of Mozilla's observatory for figuring right. out just, you know, what TLS should be doing uh, for things, which, you know, Lighthouse doesn't really do. Um, um, Why does Lighthouse do it? Um, 
I, I, there's been some questions in the track over the years about like how do you surface when there are misconfigurations in it and lighthouse and chrome as a whole has gotten better at this like there was a huge amount of work that went into the redesign for like the security panel for instance to tell you like what the state of things were as we were all trying to move everybody to tls so oh wait hold on for our for our listeners who don't know what tls is what is tls uh, the, it's basically so secure socket layer, uh, transport layer security. So uh, TLS or SSL are two of the more common terms mm -hmm. that are going to, you're going to hear out there. Um, and that's where, you know, do I have a lock on my bar? Like, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things again, like you think, oh, well, I got a lock, you know, I'm good. Like I'm secure, but there's a lot more to go that goes into security than that. Right. Do you have, you know, content security policy, CSP? Um, do you have, um, you know, insecure scripts and things that are running. Are but what does that have to do with performance? What does security have to do with performance? I, I, as far as I'm concerned, you can't look at all these things uh, without considering the impact they have. So bad TLS, for instance, uh, you know, that requires handshakes, right? You have to exchange things. So if you've got a lot of origins and a lot of TLS handshakes, this can be expensive. Like you're, these, these things are not free. This is why you, when you look at a Lighthouse report, you see things like, hey, maybe you should uh, pre-connect to this or preload this because this looks like an asset against this domain. Well, that goes to the very fact of, well, wait, I have a, I have a TLS con connection handshake. I have amount of time that it requires me to go, hey, are you you? Yeah, I'm me. Come back. Okay, well, I need some stuff. Well, do you have the right, uh, do you have the right keys to, this, uh, to my world? Oh, I do. Here you go. All that stuff is expensive. Like, and you can see these in waterfall charts where you're seeing the big stretchy bars extend. Mm -hmm. um, the, and again, these are, these are, you know, on the surface, you're thinking, well, what does that matter, Justin? Like, so what? So, so what that my, you know, my uh, security is not the bar none the best. Uh, you know, so what that I've got some of these things, you know, not quite configured at top end speed, but it actually hurts. It, it'll hurt your front end performance across the board. You'll start to see things where, Again, your wire weight is too heavy and all of a sudden these connects are really long and now I've sort of hit the sheer amount of volume that I can do over this line, even if yeah. it is H2. Like, again, these things on the surface, again, to your point, are, do they immediately surface as like, wow, that's you know, a cause for concern. Um, and again, some of it is. Some of it will tell you, well, like your time to first bite is a little slow. Mm, mm -hmm. Well, why is that? Is my, is my server... What kind of state is my server in? And again, I'm not, we're not even talking about the front end at that point, but you can start to see that. And then you you get into things like server hints and all these other wonderful little technologies that you can use to help your front end tools understand what your back end is. Oh doing. no, make it hurt less. Yeah. It? yeah. Yeah. It, 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 back end tools. <laughs> no. <laughs> and again, like this is this is the thing about performance is that it's it's not it's never in a vacuum. You never end oh. up with just one magic bullet that's going to make solve all your ills but i will say the new lighthouse six does a really nice job of uh really improving on a lot of those um yeah i totally want to talk about lighthouse six but i want to talk about um you know the microsoft team and edge first since we just talked about mozilla firefox stuff so yeah what do you use that for that lighthouse doesn't give you I mean, they, they, they have things like WebHint. Um, WebHint uses similar tools under the hood. Um, it doesn't go as deep in its current variations in terms of like um, what would have call, been called like uh, main thread time and Lighthouse 5 or total mm -hmm. blocking time in the newer versions of Lighthouse. Um, 
but it gives you similar axe metrics. Um, it looks at things like headers and stuff a little bit more uh, deeply. Um, mm -hmm. Some of that stuff is more grouped in Lighthouse, though in six, a lot of that stuff can be broken out deeper if you want. Again, like it really sort of depends on what you're trying to get at. Um, I think they're both useful tools. I, I think. When would you use one over the other? Like you, you talk about like, what are you trying to get at? When do, which one do you pick up for what? Honestly, if, if my chain of usage of tools basically goes, if I need to like really trace something, I'm just going to trace it. So I'm going to use DevTools straight away, look at the, I'm going to use the performance tab. I'm going to go in there and just do some work. Like I'm going to look for things, find out what's going on and just see it. Because eventually if you look at enough traces for long enough, you, you, you will, you start to see exactly the patterns and things where you're like, oh, I know this and this, this will show up in the Lighthouse report. And then you can go validate your assumption if you like, which is a nifty little test if you want to play that game. If you're just thinking, hey, I have free time. I wonder if I can, you know, read the minds this of things. Me, this reminds me of like when I first started coding and I was like, I, you know, I would sometimes look at things and, you know, I would get some sort of uh, compilation error and, uh, you know, I'd have other friends just look at it. And, you know, if you're looking at code long enough, you're like, oh, well, this tab, you know, you need to tab over or, oh, you're missing this comma here. Of course you are. And I'm just like, dude, how can you see that in this gigantic jumble? So it sounds like it's the same thing with these performance uh, tools. It's like you look at it long enough and like you'll start to see the patterns. Yeah, I, I think it's like, it's exactly like that, is that it comes with just experience and working with the tools. And I think this is the thing where- you tired. Like, yeah, it, 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 it gets five tough. Five years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, like, no one's, like, the, again, like, we have a lot of resources now that we did not have, you know, a decade ago, where, again, we were sort of in the land of what kind of snippet can I write to give me some information out of this engine that doesn't really want to tell me stuff because we didn't have the APIs. We didn't now there's have the like level. more APIs and people Ooh. actually care. Yeah, and you can have those conversations and there is a lot of additional instrumentation under the hood within something like Chromium. And as they add, you know, even in Firefox and Safari now where these things are starting to be surfacing such that, again, they're, they're, you're never going to get one-to-one -one because every browser engine is different, but you can go through there and do the work you need to do to figure out, well, wait, why am I being slow? Like, why is this... Um, why is this paint very slow? Why, why, why am I dropping frames? You know, these are common things that most people would want to look at if their users are experiencing sort of potential issue um, or they're just getting complaints as a whole. Um, and again, like dev tools, like that's your bread and butter on any given mm -hmm. day. But secondarily like i'm pretty much going to use lighthouse and then tweak lighthouse to my content like i don't use a whole bunch more than those two things mm -hmm. because if i'm doing that work those two things give me enough power that either a if i need something really really explicit out of that i can use the uh, user timings api within my own code um, or in somebody else's code that i might be working on to actually trace specific things within there and surface them either in DevTools or Lighthouse. And that's why I have a tendency to use them over those things is that you can use standard stuff that's gonna travel because those things are part of the web platform and I don't have to do anything fancy. I don't need, I don't need a secondary tool. 
I mean, you know, like WebHint, like WebHint's really nice. Uh, you know, it used to be, what, what it used to be called, Sonar? I think it was it used to be called Sonar, um, if I remember correctly. It's been a long time. Because it's been around for a long time. And again, it's a pretty solid tool. Um, and then you look at something like Observatory, and Observatory doesn't even have, to my knowledge, I don't think it is a tool you can run locally unless you pull out of the remote branches. So like a lot of these tools, they're things that I use when I'm, I'm looking for like one specific piece of information. But generally, you know, I spend most of my time in dev tools and really, really custom lighthouse output. That's specifically Chrome dev tools. Yeah, I mean, uh, Firefox DevTools are really nice. Like they've made leaps and bounds. Um, mm -hmm. I like, I really like their, I really like their layout engine in Firefox's DevTools. Like I really dig their um, flex and grid tools in there. They're really, really nifty. Um, they I have remember seeing some people like say that like, oh, they use Firefox, Dev, they, they've moved over to Firefox DevTools. But I guess it's also like what you're trying to optimize for, right? It's like depending on the type of work you're actually doing. Yeah, I don't know anybody, like anyone who's doing a lot of work in Perf these days. I mean, you're, you're using all of them. Like yeah. if you're not using all of them, then I, I have some questions for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you can't, li like, like, look, I, I, you know, you know, I've got a Chromium build box sitting in my closet that just sits there and runs builds for me all day. Like, and it builds Firefox too, if, you know, because <laughs> I need stuff out of them sometimes that I, again, like this might be specific to my use case or a client's use case, but fundamentally, like, am I saying everybody has to do that? No, you don't. Um, but if you're trying to eke out, you know, that last bit of perf and you want something that, you know, you're just not going to get out of the telemetry or instrumentation um, within yeah. those tools, like you're going to, you're going to go the next level. Um, and again, that's, that's the outlier. Like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm just crazy. And that's, <laughs> Well, it's really funny talking to you because, like, I almost feel like I'm like, you know, um, I, you know, if, if I was like, let's say, you know, as a junior engineer, I'm like, how do you become a senior engineer? And like, I'm sitting here, you know, being kind of like a noob at performance stuff and being like, Justin, how do I become a senior? Whatever. And then, you know, you just like, spin me down this rabbit hole of stuff and I'm just like whoa 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 I was literally just on Lighthouse like I love Lighthouse let's focus on that first you know and like maybe I shouldn't try to you know build servers and spin them up in my closet. I, no yeah I definitely would not go the route of you know what I'm gonna just start reading the Chromium source code database which is a fun exercise if anybody out there is thinking you know what I have a weekend activity or I have no weekend activities plan I'll read some source code. Yeah. And again, like I don't even work like on Chromium. Like I, I think I've landed <laughs> like one commit into the main line over the years. Like I, I, but again, like I've also built other engines for other people. So I've built WebKit for custom, you know, set top boxes and other random yeah. junk over the years that, you know, they need a web engine. So you build Chromium or WebKit or, you know, not so much Gecko, but <laughs> Um, and so you get some, like, you start to understand more about how that browser does things. And it's like, that, if you need to understand about a browser, build a browser. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and Which again, that's a tr on the Chrome team, right? He built a browser when he was like 12 or something. Yeah. Like, and again, like, do you have to do these things to become, you know, fluent in, you know, performance parlance? And my, my, my answer is no, like they're. 
number one, like if you look at some of the really nice articles that are coming out on like web.dev or on smashing or any of the, you know, any of the main sort of really sort of glimmering sites on the web, you know, um, where we have a lot of this information that is being just churned out now, where before it was only really a few people, like there was only a, you know, probably a handful of folks that were ever really talking about it. I mean, I feel like there still really is like this void and people understanding performance. That's why I think performance is such an interesting thing to get into. Although it's kind of like a, uh, I mean, maybe it's kind of like the way accessibility was, right? It's like, okay, hey, guess what? Accessibility is important. Oh, there's only a handful of people that are good at accessibility. Oh, okay, now all of a sudden everybody needs to get good at accessibility. I think as a developer, if I just spend, you know, a year doing performance, I could actually probably become a performance expert. Like, I don't, I, I think just because there is so, like, not that many people out there that are doing it. Well, I think it's hard for a lot of developers to get into performance um, for a lot of different reasons. One is, is that the pace of work within their organization um, mm-hmm. doesn't allow for a lot of perf. Now, there's been I a lot know why they don't prioritize it. Like every time I hear like, oh, it's not a priority, features are a priority, I'm thinking, dude, but there it, are it, so many it, small it, little things you could do. Yeah, it comes down to I I think, you know, there there is the old adage, right? You know, don't pre-optimize things. Um mm-hmm. which a lot of people take to heart. But I think the thing that people have sort of forgotten is that the pace of feature development for a lot of orgs, um, doesn't take into account uh, some of the more important things that we all have known for quite a while. Like there's been a lot of studies, like uh, we've all done them, I think, at least if you've worked in any of the big orgs. Um, But realistically, it shows that if your site is slow, you do not convert people to whatever conversion point you want them to be, right? You, You lose users. And from a developer standpoint, you know, we can sit there and do the traces using our tools and say, hey, uh, I'm going to make this improvement, which is going to reduce X, Y, Z. And that's going to give me, you know, my funnel towards wherever I want to convert them to. But on the, on the other side of that, it, it is somewhat hard to visualize that thing for management because they're saying, well, maybe that's not in my analytics. And mm-hmm. then you say, well, it's not in your analytics because you've lost them before the analytics ever fired up. <laughs> Yeah. So like you, you start to see this discrepancy where you really have to do a lot of deep dive data hunting just to be able to prove to a manager, hey, maybe we are losing users here and we could, you know, do a better job of this if we took a moment and stepped back and say, well, where are my performance bottlenecks? And that's why tools like Lighthouse, like Lighthouse has, a, has started to gain a foothold in a lot of corps that call me or us to say hey you know we just ran a report and it looked terrible it just looked like there was red everywhere you're going you know you're going (laughs) yeah of course sure (laughs) um you know and immediately sometimes they just complain because everybody likes to complain um but a lot of them have started to use that as their baseline where they're like, look, if Lighthouse is angry, then maybe my users are angry, mm-hmm. which is an okay thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with at this point. And if you're out there who say, well, that's not the end all be all, it's not that I don't, it's not that I 
disagree with that statement. Lighthouse or any performance tool is never the end all. Like you're using them to inform you to go back to your code base and make changes that are, are relevant, not just to the code base, but to end users. It's about end users and people have a tendency to forget that. That's why when you see a lot of the code that people have a tendency to write that they think is really clever, but it's actually really terribly slow. Like this is the gap. And we've seen like, I've seen this constantly the last, you know, half decade where you go in and there's people who say, well, we've always written code this way, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I got bad news for you. That piece of code is terribly, terribly slow. And also it's two and a half megs. Why are you sending that down the wire? Like, why are you burdening a user with a pack that they're never going to use? Like, yeah, that just makes me think like, all right, how do I write faster code? <laughs> you know? Honestly, uh, so here, if, if you're out there thinking, yeah, how do I write faster code? This is how you write faster code. You start with simple cases. Like if you have a simple requirement and you know that thing is, don't write the fanciest end all be all thing. Start with bare metal. How do I make that thing work? You don't even have to write any code. Sketch it on a whiteboard and figure, think about it for a second. I think the big hurdle you see with a lot of people who are coming into it or, or maybe a little bit junior, like they immediately want to start writing code. And most of the, the more senior people that I work with do not immediately go to writing code unless it's just random pseudocode on a back of a napkin, which, mm. you know, was something that I learned, you know, 20 plus years ago from a boss of mine at a lunch on a That's Friday. Terrible. Yeah. Where, you know, he's like, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do it. I'm sitting there thinking, well, I can't do this right now. Like, he's like, oh no, let's just draw some circles on the back of this napkin at this bar we're sitting at. And you're, you know, you're going like that. And, and all of a sudden it started to click, right? It starts to make sense where like, oh, well, what is my flow of a thing? What is this thing trying to do? And then at that point you can break it down into the pieces you may need it to be, whether that's, you know, oh, it's going to be a heavy operation. Okay, great. Well, I have web workers. Oh, it's yeah. going to be a really heavy operation. I have WebAssembly. Like all these things. And again, it's easy to say this now, like, because we have some really nice stuff on the web. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Back, let me tell you about the dark days when, you know, IE4 was a thing. Like. <laughs> um, so I know you're also really excited about Lighthouse 6, obviously, and it was so nice to see it finally being released after so long. Um, tell us about, you know, I it's, guess. It, it just really is a great little thing. Um, and I say great little thing um, because I, I just think it's just so nicely wrapped in a bow in a box. Um, they, everyone who put in a lot of work into it and obviously, um, uh, you know, a lot of work in twin to six, not just within Lighthouse, but also in the Chromium side um, to get a lot of these things done, particularly with some of the new measures, things like large contentful paint, um, things like cumulative layout shift, like all these things again, go more to the user experience as opposed to just, you know, what am I rendering, right? Because we focus so much on, uh, you know, first meaningful paint and things like that in the past. And now we have even better metrics coming out of the browser that can tell us, hey, these are things that are actually occurring where, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, we, we, we want to make these things fast. And that's a lot of where people are going to get caught up in six immediately um yeah is because this changed a lot of the scoring so there is a nifty little tool we can put a link to it in the notes so basically um, you 
run your new reports in Lighthouse 6 and everything that was a 99 is now a 20. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not quite that bad, but I know that, so I've been running, I mean, the six beta came, or the six initial tags came out, I think, in late February, early March. I mean, if you're, if, so you can run things off the main line too, uh, which it probably is clear at this point, I'm pretty much running off the main line. And again, I don't work on Lighthouse very much. I, I give huge props to everyone who does. Uh, I wish I had more time to work on Lighthouse. Um, I can only ever get, you know, a thing in there every once in a while when I've got a little spare time. But I talked to most of those folks. They're amazing people. And I, you know, huge shout out to that team, which, you know, not just the team over at Google, but also all the open source contributors who contributed to that mm -hmm. thing. I mean, it is a, it is a massive effort to get this much information out of it. And again, the scoring thing, um, yeah, some people are going to be upset, I suspect, because their scores are going to go down. And I, I will mean, say that's this. Good, right? It's like performance is improved on the web or our understanding of performance is improved on the web. Let's give you better metrics. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. Is we have, you know, again, our tools improve and our APIs improve and our low level metrics against those things mm -hmm. to be able to surface those things to tell us, hey, we should take a look at this. Let's do this. Um, you know, and that's that's why, in particular, things like Large Contentful Paint, LCP, like, beforehand, if I remember correctly, Speed Index was, like, 40 or 45% of, like, the calculation initially, which Speed Index has been around a long time. You know, right. if you've used web page test, like, you've seen Speed Index for a very long time. It was in the documentation forever. Um, I can't remember if that's where it originated or not, but... Speed Index was a major player in previous versions of Lighthouse. Um, in the new one, it's less. Um, I think it's 15% right now. But Large Contentful Taint took over some of that. It's mm -hmm. in around 25% of your overall score. And again, like, what I would say about the scoring is a lot of people use the scoring as, like, the gauge that they're going to take to management. Mm -hmm. But if you're the developer, you probably do not care about that score as much as as are the things that Lighthouse is trying to tell you. So if you are going through there and you're like, well, you know, why should I care about these things or whatnot? Like, oh, my score is 90. I have no work to do. That should never be, performance is not static. It does not live in a vacuum. Things change. Um, our users change. Their connection types change. Latency changes. Devices change. New devices that you think are better won't be better sometimes. Uh, you know, uh, you know, what works on your brand new shiny iPhone really, really fast or that brand new pixel, you know, it doesn't, it's not realistic for most folks in the real world. Um, and again, that's why, you know, one of the complaints I've seen too with Lighthouse um, is that, well, you know, all of my users are on the latest device. Um, we had a client, <laughs> I had a client tell us this probably eight months ago, like they were adamant. Everyone who uses our website is on the latest iPhone. And so you ask the metrics people and they're like, okay, here's the metric report. And only, only four and a half percent of their total traffic was coming from iPhones. And the sad part was, is those weren't even new iPhones. Those were <laughs> iPhone fives mostly. And yeah. again, like you have a discrepancy of the, the, the perception that you may have of, uh, of, of your user's experience because that's the device in your pocket. And people make fun of me because I still have like the device I carry around in my pocket is a four-year-old pixel at this point. We're just about four years old. And, you know, in terms of speed, 
let's just say it's not the fastest thing in the world. It gets hot when you use it too long. It's generally angry most of the time. Um, and honestly, I, you have to test stuff. Like I, I'm not afraid to go out into the world and say, you know what, is my stuff slow? Like, because at least I can admit it and I can go back and try to make improvements to it. Um, and again, like people are going to focus on the school. I have like a slow phone that I'm using, you know, on the side. <laughs> my main phone. No, I, I, you know, I, I figure I gotta, I have to dog food most of the things because I, I, again, I, like, I'm generally curious most of the time. Like, I mean, you know, I, I, we talk quite a bit, you know, just on the side when we're not here, you know, podcast voicing it, but, um, you know, I send notes to like site operators constantly with like, yo, I was on your site the other day. Yeah, you've got a problem here, there, and there. Like, you might want to fix these things. It'll improve your load times. And, you know, about half those people go, okay, cool, thanks. And then the other half, you know, scream at me because they don't want to believe that their stuff is slow. And you have to admit when you have a problem. And Lighthouse is a really good tool for being able to show that at a top level of scores. Um, but as a developer, as you start to look at those, look at those audits and the things that are within the Lighthouse tooling, take them to heart. Like if you're saying, hey, my main, you know, um, what used to be called main script time, which is now total blocking time mm -hmm. for the main thread, um, you know, hey, take that to heart. Like if you're running a whole bunch of JavaScript, don't, don't send that stuff down the line. And again, this goes back to how do you write faster code? You also write less code. <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, be it, and again, like I, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm rather agnostic. Like, I don't really care what your code base is written in. I don't care if it's a TypeScript thing that's genned into JavaScript. I don't care if you're using a framework. I don't, I don't care. Just make it fast. Like, you can make your tools fast. Most of the frameworks at this point have pretty solid guides about how to make your code fast. If you're yeah, not I following totally them. I agree. You, don't, you don't even no. think so? Well, point me to a view Vue.js performance guide. Point me to an Angular performance guide. Point me to a React one. The React one, I would have trouble pointing you to. I think there is one on the web.dev site now. Now, I think, Ed, I, did Addy write it? Maybe Addy wrote it. I, someone, someone wrote one at some point about like, here's how do you get faster. But again, like, I think this goes to the point too that we need to collect these things and put them in the proper place for the developers to see them. Yeah. And we I mean, need I to promote them more. Yeah, like I still don't feel like there is a, I mean, some, you know, Sean Wang wrote a blog post about like the performance tools that you should be using right now. And I thought that was kind of interesting, but there's not like an aggregation of information everywhere. But I mean, you know, for, for our listeners, Justin and I and our team, mostly our team, <laughs> are actually working on a performance tool right now. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that. I mean, I was sharing with one of our developers that I would love that to become kind of like a de facto of, you know, I guess, getting a good gauge of performance, right? So like adding a few more things that we feel like is important, obviously our opinion, but definitely things that like, you know, are the Salt Labs clients kind of, we recommend um, instead of, you know, instead of, you know, having to aggregate like three different, three, three different tools out there. So I don't yeah, know, it's I, a fun project. I like it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think one thing that people should understand too, is that performance is a lot about, performance is also, is two things. It's relative and it's about perception. So what's fast for someone 
and you know, maybe some particular industry is not necessarily fast for somebody else. So, yeah. you know, if I'm in the content business or if I'm in the e-commerce business and I'm trying to deliver, you know, um, you know, a really clean line to get to serving whatever I'm going to serve, be it ads or just, you know, getting someone to buy product, right? I need to be fast. Like I need to be blazing fast. Um, yeah. You know, and you're, you know, you look at the, you know, the work that your Shopify's and whatnot have done. You know, like they've made improvements to make sure that they, you know, really speed up, you know, their base templates and whatnot. Like they're getting faster all the well, time. That's the thing that like totally, you know, it, it's like. <sighs> I mean, I'm e-commerce, take mm -hmm. e-commerce, you know, you're, let's say you're spending $10 million in customer acquisition. You improve your performance speeds by, let's say 25%. That's what, so, you know, maybe you're saving two and a half million dollars or something. And yeah. You're, you're probably a small budget for some of these larger companies. Yo, for sure. I think people misunderstand. How um, much money. Yeah, how much money is really on the line? Like, and again, like as a developers, we we look at the overall site performance um, yeah. in terms of code a lot of times. Like, this code renders this, and so on and so forth, and that's important. Like, that helps us do our jobs to be I mean, able I to deliver. I think it's really difficult to be able to like, you know, it's probably difficult in a lot of larger organizations to measure, or at least it'll take some time to set up. It would be so crazy for people to start hiring performance uh, developers who work on performance, only on performance, and just being like, cool, I'm paying you 100K and save me $100,000. It's like, wow, if that, if that developer saves you $2.5 million, holy, holy crap, like that was worth it. Well, and, and a lot of times it starts with one developer, one developer who wants to sort of start to make that culture change internally and... It definitely you know, is a culture thing. I mean, it's like, no, we're not prioritizing this. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. Yeah, well, and that's that. Therein lies the crossover where de developers will only ever can only do ever do so much based on the amount of time and effort or efforts required for new features that they have. Like, and at some point, it comes down to will management understand the value of that performance work? And, and again, more companies have definitely started to take up that charge where management I mean, really does understand. $2 million. You tell me I can save $2 million. I'm buying whatever you're selling. <laughs> well, and again, I mean, you've, I mean, you've seen a lot of the companies that have started to spring up around just performance uh, tracking as a whole. So you look yeah. at your speed curves or your calibers of the world, um, which are commercial tools, um, both of which you know I've used to great extent, both personally and also inside of other companies. Um, those tools are not, uh, you know, those tools do both do a little different things. They they look at both synthetic metrics, which is you know I'm testing my site against various points in the world to see how it performs, but also they're looking at real user metrics where they're taking you know real timings out of the world. Um, you've seen free variations of that, right? With like Firebase Performance, um, mm -hmm. which is still in beta, and it's you know I, I've I've written about it previously. Um, it works okay. Um, Basically, you just got to look at all the beta products because. Performance is improving on the web, but we're kind of still in those early phases. Well, I think I think we have a first world problem too, where again, a lot of developers only look at the device they have in their pocket. And 
they don't have they they don't look at the sort of tools because you know I I had mentioned web page test like web page test is a really great tool you know you can run Lighthouse in it too but web page test has its own set of metrics site speed io right it's a docker you can run that as a docker container and start collecting metrics across the board and it has a whole bunch of additional integrations and that's pretty much free to run you can pump that stuff into any statistical engine you want um and again like a lot of these tools when companies either don't run them or they don't understand how to run them and they don't understand what the numbers mean and again we we try to explain these things in a way that makes sense to the target audience developers get one variation of it management gets another you want to be able to you want to speak to the wheelhouse of why these things are important for each group and if you don't do that the problem is is that you'll end up with people who just don't want to do any of these things management don't, won't care because you're talking about you know first uh you know uh potential uh input delays right like if you're talking about input delays they're like well i don't care about input delays so what that it's you know 300 milliseconds what does that matter to me oh and to your point that's two and a half million dollars right and loss because of that oh well wait now i care and same thing with the developer the developer is going to say well i don't care about the two and a half million dollars like how do i solve for a two and a half million dollar problem well, you have this, you know, potential input delay or whatever metric that might be for that thing. And again, it's relative. Like, I don't necessarily think all sites have to be the same. I wish they were all fast, you know, and lighter. Man, stop, you know, I, if, if you're out there and you're listening, you're thinking, Justin, what could I do to, you know, make you a little happier? You look a little downtrodden right now. Um, just process your images so they're not ginormous balls <laughs> of bites. Literally, just process your images. No, I mean, I you know, now that I think about it, I you know, I I went on this uh, kick for Fashion Nova, and Fashion Nova is this like crazy website with questionable clothing. Um, but it's basically like if you're into like Cardi B or Kim Kardashian or basically any of the Kardashians, it's like taking the most ridiculous stuff that they wear and putting it for purchase. <laughs> so like, I love that website, but let me tell you that website is so low. <laughs> and so, um, you know, trying to use it on a plane is like literally impossible. So. Um, and that, and that hurts, right? Is that yeah. you're like, if you're that user, right? You're the user in that case, right? You're, you're not even looking at it from a developer standpoint and you're sitting there going, I'm frustrated by this experience. And and, and and so my gauge for these experiences, people go, well, which tool do you use for it? And here's my secret tool that, you know, very few people know about. It's my uh -huh. three kids. So, oh, yeah. So if, if I want like a gauge of like how quickly your site will frustrate someone, be it by its slowness or by its lag or by frame drops or whatever, yeah. I literally just go, hey, kids, go run this on, you know, random stuff you've got around the house be it their old tablets, which are beat up, you know, pieces. I'm I think I have children so that I can use them. Yes, I, yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the beauty of tw identical twins too is that, you know, you've got yourself a great study case all the time, which, yeah. you know, is the joke that Monica and I tell for forever and ever, but, um, which has its own set of funny stories, but not for this podcast. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the general gist though being is that you can't, you can't just gauge the user experience. And like my kids will tell, tell you straight away, like the site is junk. And then not only that, they will tell you exactly why. And they don't need a performance tool to tell you this thing is not good. And 
if you're not listening to your users out there who are telling you, hey, I'm having a really terrible experience, if you're not looking at the tails of your performance thing, like yeah. your 20, that last 20%, like, oh, well, I don't care about them. Like, these are off, you know, they're edge cases. Eh, are they though? Like, are they edge cases or are they a bulk of your user base that you're losing that never stick around long enough for that trigger to fire to give you that yeah, number? How much money could they be spending? How much money could they be spending? How much money are you losing by not way even, yeah, way too much money. You're, you're definitely losing money. And again, there's lots of studies we'll link to, but. This could be $20 million. Yeah. If you're getting an increase of 20%, 20% in revenue. I mean, how happy could you be? I'd be pretty happy. Well, and look and look at the case now, right? I mean, I think people have really felt this in the last couple of months with the ongoing pandemic, which yeah. you know, I hope you're all safe out there and doing okay. But you look at the web performance on that and look at the complaints everyone have. Oh, internet connections are slow. And oh, this doesn't work now. And I'm on a really fast line. And now this site doesn't even work. And that goes to show you like the entire pipeline of what is performance, where you do not take these into consideration consideration where you think you have scale because you're a very large site and all of a sudden you don't because you were probably maxed out really close to the edge before and now all of a sudden server's a little slow doesn't deliver the asset that asset's really large <laughs> all of a sudden you have all these things that's just start that were creaking before and now are you know crashing you know from the second story through your roof um you know that's tough uh, and it, it lays bare sort of the performance problems we have um, on the web, which, you know, takes a lot of heat for that, but I will point out very quickly, native is not much better. <laughs> yeah. Well, this was fun. Um, you know, if you care about performance, you know, Justin and I, again, I haven't released it yet, but if you subscribe to the, this not media YouTube, you'll start seeing a weekly series of Justin and myself, uh, doing performance tracing on websites. And it's pretty fun to watch. Um, it's called Speed at Scale. And the whole idea of it actually is all the websites that I like to shop at. And then we review them together. So <laughs> it's a, uh, I, I've enjoyed it immensely. Uh, yeah. Again, I think because again, it's real. Like I, I think the problem is, is that we, you know, the last thing I'll say is don't, don't only rely on the synthetic test that you run local to your emulation on your machine or the device on your desk like go beyond look at what those real experiences are on the web in production and again i've heard this complaint a lot justin why don't your tools ever just test the local one why why do they always default to test some remote that i have to set up because you want it to be like in prod you yeah. want it to be the experience so that you can get a real gauge otherwise you're not actually gauging anything no you're just gauging you know some Something that is, you know, unhappy on your machine that day or, unhappy, you know, really happy. Idea. It's actually a really good idea to give like all CEOs or CTOs really crappy machines and really crappy phones. Well, we've seen that too, right? Like you and I personally with working with certain companies where they, where I, I this was a couple of years ago now that I think about it, there, there was the, the CEO that had like an iPhone four, like, and like, he was very upset, as I recall, that their site would not run on his iPhone four. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the web team or whatever said, we have to make this work on this. And, you know, this goes to another whole episode of progressive enhancement. 
how you can do these things. But again, like those are real things. Like you should experience your site on something that's not, you know, the latest and greatest. You will get a, it'll be an eye-opening experience for most. Because you'll have to do more work. Yes. (laughs) You will have, you will have to go and deep dive and look for little things that'll make things work, which, you know, hey, which we talk about in those episodes. So come watch. I know it's really fun. So Come join me and Justin. Um, look out for this fun tool that we'll be releasing soon. I want to call it Perf Buddy. So far, Perf Buddy has been the front runner. It's like my I like the name. Thing. Yeah. I like it. We should all be friends in this. As far as I'm concerned, we're all performance friends out there, which is why you have to share information, not just about the good cases, but the bad, because we all learn from it. And again, like, you know, I ripped apart my website you know, as part of our, uh, you know, live training series last month. So my website's been ripped apart. Well, uh, yeah, you have to, you have to like, you, again, like introspective, you know, I, if it, if it, being trapped indoors has taught me lately that, you know, you got to look inwards sometimes to find, you know, outer joy or something yeah. like that. I don't really know. I'm not a philosopher. <laughs> Cool. Well, that was my doorbell, which means I have to go get it, which means we have to end this episode. So thank you everybody for listening to this episode of the Modern Web Podcast and we'll see you next time. Come on. Come on, everybody. This podcast was sponsored by Kendo React. Kendo React is a professional UI and data visualization component library. Designed and built from the ground up specifically for React, Kendo React can augment any existing UI stack. Its 80-plus feature-rich components and advanced functionality make it the perfect suite to standardize on and remove much of the complexity of working with multiple UI solutions.